0: Section 28 of the Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 13. The Sack of Rome, Part 1. The election of a new Pope appeared to contemporary politicians as the decision between the conflicting claims of Charles V and Francis I to the mastery of Europe. Every device of persuasion, fraud, and violence was used to affect the result. It was said that there were eighteen candidates. Charles's ambassador, Manuel, was horrified at what he saw at Rome. He said that hell itself could not contain so much hatred and so many devils as there were amongst the cardinals. The candidates who had the best chance were the Spaniard, Carvajal, Wolsey, the Englishman, and Giulio de' Medici. Charles would have been very glad to accept Giulio, but he had too many enemies to succeed. The states of the Church were in a flame when Giulio consented to give his support to some other imperial candidate, and the choice fell upon Hadrian of Utrecht, who was elected on January ninth, 1522. It was difficult for the conclave to make up their minds to elect an unknown foreigner and cardinal farnese came very near to obtaining the papacy the people of rome received the news with a howl of execration but the imperial party were in the greatest delight the new pope was a fleming son of a shipbuilder at utrecht named Boyens. he was born in fourteen fifty nine he had been the tutor to charles v and was then vice-chancellor of the university of louvain he afterwards became bishop of Tortosa and cardinal, and on the accession of Charles to the throne of Spain, was made regent of that country in his absence. Charles was naturally delighted at the election, and sent immediately to say that he hoped to receive the imperial crown at the hands of his former tutor. In return, the Pope gave him similar assurances of goodwill. Hadrian heard of his elevation at Vittoria, but he delayed his departure until a fleet could be ready in Barcelona to convey him across the dangerous seas. In the meantime, the war between the French and the imperialists was continuing in northern Italy. Milan, as we know, had been taken, and Genoa was sacked. Anarchy and confusion reigned in Rome itself, and there was some apprehension lest a second Avignon should be established in Spain. To make matters worse, the plague had broken out in the Eternal City, It is a curious proof of the heathen sympathies of the time that in order to stay the pestilence an ox consecrated with magic rites was led by a Greek through the streets to the Colosseum and there solemnly sacrificed, the Roman clergy not offering a word of objection. Hadrian set out from his sea at Tortosa on July eighth, 1523, and a month later sailed from Tarragona, he had no interview with Charles before his departure, which was looked upon as a sign of independence. He landed at Genoa and did his best to spare the town. He reached Rome at the end of August. On his arrival he refused all pagan honors. His entry into the capital was simple, partly on account of the plague, partly because Leo had left the treasury poor. His life was certainly a great contrast to that of his predecessors, he hated the unholy pomp, the naked statues, the glaring frescoes. He reluctantly submitted to endure the splendors of the Vatican, and longed for a lodging in a quiet house and garden. Pope Hadrian VI, for his title was a repetition of his Christian name, was a handsome man of imposing and serious mien. He lived in the simplest manner. He rose before daybreak to pray and spent the rest of the day in study, his needs were supplied by a single servant whom he had brought with him from spain his expenses were a ducat a day which he paid overnight to his chaplain for the morrow he spoke no italian and little of anything else and latin with a foreign accent he gave no encouragement to artists and it is well perhaps that raffaele had died in fifteen twenty the great frescoes begun by his predecessors remained unfinished on the walls poets and fine writers were driven from the vatican sadolet went to his bishopric of Carpentras, saying that rome was rome no longer castiglione retired to mantua perhaps the reputation of leo x has been intensified by the contrast with his successor hadrian found nothing to succeed to but debts he dismissed the idle crowd of menials which thronged the galleries of the vatican He filled the court with Flemings and gave his chief confidence to men of his own nation. The objects which Hadrian had nearest at heart were those which had for some time formed part of the programme of every new pope. He desired to give peace to Italy and to the world, to lead a crusade against the Turks, to stamp out heresy and to reform the Church. He began by setting himself to stop the sale of indulgences. But in none of these objects, was he successful? He effected something by restoring Alfonso of Ferrara to his dominions, but he could not reconcile the great powers. Indeed, on June 19, 1522, Charles and Henry had met at Windsor and entered into an alliance against France. Although Belgrade had fallen and Soliman was threatening Rhodes, there was little hope of organising an expedition against the Turks. The attempts of the pope to reform the church were equally idle the evils which caused the mischief were too deeply rooted there was no abuse which had not many defenders personally interested in maintaining it hadrian's own simplicity of life served only to set off in stronger contrast the unbounded luxury of the cardinals he had too little sympathy with the tastes and passions of his predecessors the breach between him and them was too abrupt. He stigmatised the great group of the Layacon as one of the idols of the heathen, and made the Belvedere of the Vatican, the depository of the finest statues from antiquity, almost inaccessible. His efforts to stem the Reformation were not destined to be more successful. Luther was, it is true, imprisoned on the Wartburg, but his writings were disseminated throughout Germany. Hadrian would have been glad to have reformed the Church, but how was such a work to be begun? The war against the Turks fared no better. The Knights of St. John and Rhodes in vain implored help from Europe. Only three papal ships went to their assistance. They had possessed the island since 1309. They left it for ever, four thousand strong, on January 1, 1523 it was impossible to compel the three great rivals charles v henry viii and francis i to sink their differences and make a truce francis refused to yield up his claims to milan and naples and charles would not desert the league formed for the humiliation of france the troubles of hadrian were still further increased at this time by a conspiracy which was formed against the government of giulio de medici at florence it was supported by cardinal soderini the leader of the french party in the sacred college and the king of france was privy to it it was hoped that france would assist by attacking florence and sending a fleet against sicily the pope therefore seeing that francis was beyond the reach of his advice was forced slowly and reluctantly to take the side of the empire and england on august third fifteen twenty three a league was signed between charles henry milan florence genoa siena lucca and the pope and was published two days later in the church of santa maria maggiore lanois viceroy of naples was named general of the league it was directed against the enemies of italy but the turks were forgotten and its true objective was francis i The chances of Francis I in resisting his enemies were made far worse by the sudden revolt and desertion of Charles, Duke of Bourbon, constable of France. He was one of the most powerful of the vassals of the crown, and had been allowed to preserve almost royal independence. He was descended in the seventh generation from Robert, Count of Clermont, brother of Philippe le Hardy, and the son of Louis IX had married beatrice of burgundy heiress of dampier bourbon charles himself of the line of montpensier had acquired the duchy of bourbon through his wife susanna heiress of the elder line constable bourbon had ambitious views for his own advancement and aimed at independent sovereignty his treachery became at last too open to be concealed and he fled to take refuge with charles Francis, however, did not interrupt his preparations and marched upon Susa. Hadrian was heartbroken at the overthrow of his cherished plans, the security of the peace of Europe, the crusade against the Turks, and the council for reforming the Church. He died on the very day that the French army crossed the Ticino, September 4, 1523. He was one of the most virtuous popes that ever occupied the papal throne, but he strove in vain to stem the tide of corruption. He was the last pope who was not an Italian. He is buried in the German church at Rome, and on his monument are inscribed these words, Pro dolor, quantum refert in quad tempera, vel optimi cuiusque in virtus incidat. Alas, what a difference do the circumstances of their time make to the merits of even the best man. The conclave summoned to elect a new pope after the death of Hadrian lasted fifty days. As before, it must be regarded as a trial of strength between the three great potentates of Europe, Henry VIII, Francis I, and Charles V. Cardinal Wolsey, the nominee of the first of these monarchs, had no chance because the Romans were determined to have an Italian pope. Cardinal Farnese was the French candidate, while Giulio de Medici was supported by the emperor giulio was at last chosen on november eighteenth fifteen twenty three it is said mainly by the influence of the condottiere leader prospero colonna who was in his turn influenced by the duke of serre the representative of charles the new pope took the name of clement the seventh and reigned till fifteen thirty four a date which transcends the limits of this present work the election was received with joy and the people looked forward to the prospect of a brilliant court the bastard son of the murdered giuliano was now forty-six years of age he was of a serious and energetic character and the greatest hopes were entertained of him he recalled to his court the men of letters whom pope hadrian had exiled and bade fair to renew the glories of the age of leo End of section twenty-eight.